Osiris. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. All right. Uh, we're live. Hello, everybody. Um, welcome to Always Almost There Live. Um, it's the first episode. Uh, we're here. We're very excited. Uh, we're going to be the talking inaugural. about the, the inaugural, if you will. Yes. Um, I, for those of you who don't know, I'm Ryan. I'm Neil. I'm Kev. I'm Brian. You're Jive Goose, as, as, your, name, Goose. as your nameplate says, the illustrious. Uh, and we're, we're here today. We're very excited. We're going to talk about last night's uh, Goose show in Portland. Uh, but before we get to that, you know, it's been a while since we've podcasted. A lot has happened in Goose World, believe it or not. Um, I mean, I was away at camp for the summer, but uh, we haven't talked about Radio City at all on this podcast, uh, which I think is kind of crazy. I know, Neil, Neil, you were there. Yeah, nothing exciting happened with that for me. I just kind of went to the show and then came home. There was, <laughs> you know. <laughs> nothing really. You know, yeah. Well, I mean, there was the photo, um, Ah. Which I still haven't gotten to talk about, like on a podcast, which is like kind of funny. Um, well, take a second, talk about it. Yeah, uh, it was really like a funny thing. I just came out of my hotel. I was staying at the Radisson across the street, and then a guy walks up to me and he's like, "There's a guy over there with all the Trey stuff," which made no sense to me at the time. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, "All right, well, I'll just go check it out," and walked over and started this conversation with a guy standing on the side of the road. Meanwhile, while I'm doing this, there's like people milling about everywhere. And there's like people snapping pictures and, and all of this stuff. And, you know, we just start talking and it's like, why are you, why are you standing on the curb with all of this stuff? And he's like, it's the only place we could drop it. And <laughs> so we, we talked for a few minutes and like, you know, he introduced himself. I guess he was Trey's guitar tech. Um, and I was just like trying to like play it off. Like, oh, really? That's exciting. Uh, <laughs> and then as I walked away, I like took a couple pictures and then, just posted it to Goose, you know, Goose Twitter, which is like a pretty small community of people and kind of thought it wouldn't go any farther than that. And then 
a billion ensuing kind explosion of retweets <laughs> later. Violent. Uh, it became controversial. Um, I don't know. It was pretty exciting. It was cool to see it. I had a, an amazing time at that show. Daniel was there with me, who couldn't be here with us today, but uh, he's, he's in the chat. He's there. Here. He is. There's Daniel. Um, amazing time. Absolutely amazing time. Awesome. And well, I, uh, yeah, Dan. I was just going to say. I mean, it, it, the the controversy was mostly around the fact that Neil has a bit of a shady history <laughs> when it comes to you know special guest rumors. Oh yeah, right. Uh, I did uh, my 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 most engaged tweet of all time, which if Trails. anybody knows me, they know I don't try too hard on Twitter. But uh, I did kind of post a picture saying, you know, Billy Strings was coming out. What was that in Cleveland? Yeah, on it was March Cleveland. 10th. Yeah, and there was all kinds of buzz about that one, and I, of course, was very wrong. Uh, it, there was no Billy Strings. It just was Coach with a rain stick. Happen, just happens Coach. Happens just Coach, he says. And uh, and and Kev and uh, and Brian finally saw some shows this year uh, last week. Very exciting. Uh, you know, they've been talking about them for obviously forever and webcasting, but it was good. What, what was it like to finally get to see 2022 Goose last week? So, I, I mean, look, it was an amazing time. We're going to we're we're recording again monday night so yes uh, we're gonna talk about that we're gonna hit, yeah we're gonna hit all these recent shows starting with with maryland uh you know through this weekend so so we'll talk about it a bit more then i'm not going to go in, go into details other than to, just to say that yeah i mean colorado goose is just the shit everybody knows that so just an amazing time met tons of people um you know partied with with people at the shows crews all around us with full of people that you know we know either from twitter or um you know just from past shows so yeah it's just just a phenomenal time love it all right and i'm uh, just gonna so oh yeah. ryan if i could real real quick the one thing i wanted to point out uh, around those shows dylan and red rocks uh, especially was we're always talking about the music we're always talking about the songs we're always talking about the jams and what i would like to really kind of highlight is just the connection of the community and how awesome it is to connect with these fans in person uh, and just rage with these fans in person. It's fantastic. Agreed. The the community is a wonderful place for sure. Um, so let's talk about last night's show, uh, Portland Pioneer Courthouse Square. Um, I think this is a really cool venue, a really cool spot for the show, like just seemingly in the middle of Portland. Uh, you know, I think Peter addressed that at one point in the show, but it looked really cool. Like just, you know, the crowd and the stage with buildings all around. What did you guys think of uh, the venue? Yeah, I always like venues like this, you know, these summer, you know, urban concert series, you know, it, it's it's always a, a really cool vibe. This is a this is a little bit different because it's, you know, it's it's ticketed. You know, I've definitely lived in other places where they do kind of summer free summer concerts like that. It's it's a, it's a similar vibe. So this one being ticketed, I mean, definitely it was a full two shit to two, two set goose show. You know what I mean? There was, so it was, had some normalcy to it, I guess in, in that regard, but then, yeah, just, just right down in the middle of town was expecting to turn clouds because of that setting. But you know, these guys are always, always keeping us on our, on our fantasy toes. So, uh, um, but yeah, I, I, I love that venue. It looked really, really cool. Yeah. It looked yeah. packed. It looked like folks were really yeah. packed in there. I was surprised on the stream that the merch tent was like, right on like stage right like real close yeah um and yeah it looked like uh they definitely sold as many tickets as they could for that one 
Um, Shout out to Naveed, who probably had a great view of uh, the, the show, yes. which he probably normally doesn't get. Um, yeah, so, yeah, re- really, really cool venue. And, I mean, you know, they, they may not have played Turned Clouds uh, for your fantasy points, B, but uh, it was a pretty good show. Uh, opening with Indian River in this new kind of 80s-ish arrangement. Uh, we've been talking a lot about different arrangements of songs and how to note that uh, recently, like, uh, you know, on, on Twitter or algoos.net or so forth. Um, I really like this um, version of Indian River. It's interesting to me as it changes forms, how it goes from no jam to jam to no jam, you know, like the, the kind of, um, I don't know, the, the one from last fall, jammed a couple of times and then didn't jam once and then you had uh this winter spring and early summer um with the welcome to delta ish jam coming off of it and this one seems to you know be its own thing without a jam so it's i feel like it's interesting to chronicle this one but i like the kind of synthy 80s vibe to this current one i personally kind of feel like the uh that indian river with that laid back sort of 80 synth vibe sort of set the tone for the entire show in terms of like tempo and feel uh it was in my personal opinion i think it was a great way to open the show ryan do you think uh peter's like comfort level with the new synth kind of brought this tune out or do you think i mean it this is this is a very nord like he's still playing this one on the Nord, uh, not okay. using the Moog Matriarch, which is his newest one. Um, but I, I think, you know, his comfort with uh, definitely exper- uh, experimenting with different sounds on the Nord, like this one sounds like he's blending a synth and a piano sound, kind of like a, a late 70s Brent-ish almost kind of tone, um, which I, you know, I, I think it's I think it's cool uh, to use sparingly in this setting, um, but it, it works for the song. So then the other big question is, will, will a council be convened someday to figure out how to name these different versions of Indian River? That, that's the plan. I think it needs, it needs to be <laughs> organized foundation. somehow. It needs to be organized somehow. It, and, and, and I mean, you know, this one, it's just, you, you, you're, you're really going to have, I joke about all the time, like, I, you know, may, maybe this is version 4.2, but, but you really, it, there's, there's subversions. Yes. I mean, it's, there's, there's been so many variations, um, intro variations uh tempo variations you know it's it's it has it we we would we would need a workshop we would need to workshop this uh for an afternoon uh pull up pull up all known versions yeah i mean it's a it's a chore it's a chore somebody should do it though we could we could do a pod on indian river just indian river arrangements it's not a bad idea um total of two listeners yeah so (laughs) from, from that indian river opener we get uh going right into the jams with Elizabeth, uh, you know, I think just coming in just under the 15 minute mark, um, really, really liked this jam got nice and, you know, real rock and roll vibe um, from the beginning, you know, Peter uh, switching to keys early as he tends to do with Elizabeth jams. Uh, You know, a a trend for this year has been Elizabeth, you know, jamming a little bit more. I think um, it definitely leaves some potential on the table with uh, some of these outings, but I, I like to see it stretching its legs more than it did last year, certainly. Um, but I, I think this was a really, really great rendition of the song. Yeah, it's a good, it, you know, we, we often see these early set one Elizabeths that have a nice little jam to them. So it feels a little bit like Flea, um, where you, you know, you get a nice kind of airy jam. I think everybody gets to stretch out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was, yeah, this was that, you know, Rick was just kind of floating over uh, the double drums, the piano. 
Um, yeah, I mean, good, good stuff. I mean, it, it felt, it felt like a flea jam, it, it, you know, in a lot of ways for me, which yeah. of course we end up getting later in the set. And, and I think there's some, definitely some similarities in those two jams. Yeah, this jam was like pretty cool. I, I think Peter was really intentional about this one. Um, you know, second song, first set, Ryan gets a clav tweet right away. Oh yeah, um, like he he stashes the guitar immediately and then goes right to the clav the second they break into the jam section of this tune, and then kind of they stay with like a funky vibe for a little while, and then Peter jumps to piano, and then that's where it gets like really really good. Um, really enjoyed that kind of blissy airy jam that they got into there. Yeah, de definitely agree. Uh, about the intention there, and then we then we get two songs which I which I feel like keep getting played in the same show since their debut, which is Turbulence in the Night Rays and then Butterflies. Um, both great tunes, both great you know first set numbers keep the energy high. But I, I I like you know the pairing of these two songs together. I think they work really well, and especially that that jam and Butterflies with like the weird time signature. Um, I think Neil, you mentioned last night. Like, I really hope they explore that uh, a little more someday. Yeah, totally. Well, actually, this whole this pair of songs, I really want to see them kind of take for a ride. Uh, Butterflies has that droning kind of tape delay jam that I think can really get stretched out and made into something truly special, um, or at least like a really unique jam. So I'd take 10, 15 minutes of that any day. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, Turbulence, same deal. Um, it kind of has natural peaks built into the instrumental part of this tune that I think if stretched out and kind of like, you know, messed around with those peaks could be, you know, a pretty hefty jam vehicle. Yeah. They could set that up for a real nice return um, yeah. for, for, for the end of turbulence. Yeah. So three out of the four butterflies have been paired with, with turbulence. Um, and then turbulence has been played on its own as well. But um, yeah, I mean, I really like turbulence. This is definitely one, of, one of my, one of my favorite new songs. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a pseudo song, but um, newly played by, by goose. And, and in fact, um, you know, I, I said something, you know, last week about this, that after those, you know, getting ready to head to Dylan and red rocks, watching those, 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 those chrysalis shows turbulence was really the one song from those two nights that I was kind of bummed when I saw it pop up uh, because I felt like that meant I was probably not going to get it, which, which we didn't. Um, but yeah, yeah. Re really dig it. Really dig that song. And then, yeah, I feel like we've been saying the same thing about butterflies since the, since the first, uh, first time they played since its debut that this, that could, that jam could really go somewhere very easily and naturally. So um, I'm a little surprised it hasn't happened yet, to, you know, to, to be honest, through four plays, but I imagine mm -hmm. it's not going to be long before, uh, before they do something like that. Um, but yeah, nice, nice, nice pairing. It's, it is, it's interesting that they, they keep them together. I mean, it's, yeah. it's cool, but yeah, I, I kind of wonder if there's what their reasoning is for that. I'm curious. I think it was Haps that had mentioned uh, on Twitter there that, uh, you know, they could play turbulence and the night rays every show and, and he wouldn't be upset. And I think I'm in that camp. It's just a great song. Yeah. Really, really, really good. Nice classic rock kind of vibe. Uh, it's, that, it's that Rick, Matt Campbell writing duo. Just they're so good together. Um, then uh, first set continues with uh, a pretty succinct uh, old man's boat. Uh, you know, not, not much of a jam on that one, but still a great song to hear. Uh, and then time to flee and tumble. Um, you know, nice to 
see three Peter songs in the first set. Uh, they did Audible Flea instead of It Burns Within, which, Kev, I know you probably are not the happiest about. Um, but I, I think, you know, we got a great jam out of that one. Uh, another nice little bit of uh, an improv. And then uh, Tumble was a great way to close the set. You know, it's it's no peach tumble. Um, but, you know, it's still really, really great way to close out the set, as always. No peach tumble. It took me a second. That was a slow burn for me on that one. <laughs> I like my my face of surprise there is that I didn't I haven't seen the set list because I've been so busy at work and then like listening oh, yeah. to this show. Um, I didn't realize they had it burns within on the set list. That's exciting stuff. Um, only insofar as like hopefully we see it in the next couple of shows because it's a beautiful song and you know I really want to hear it again and I hope they play it more. It's been a lot a lot of shows since I think twenty eight ish. Not looking at my my numbers here, but. Somewhere 36. in that ballpark. Is it 36? 36, Neil, wow. yeah. It's 36. currently the longest, it's the longest gap amongst kind of, I think, what we track. So, which is everything that's, yeah. everything that's been played this year. Um, so not Turkish so yeah, Hills, Neil. It's due. Not, we're not tracking Turkish Hills. <laughs> we're not tracking Turkish Hills. <laughs> I got... refuse. Uh, same. <laughs> um, but the tumble I was pretty excited about. Uh, you got, Neil, you, you got a defender here. Yeah, Can't that's, that's got to be back. like nine or two pickers. It's got to be. Um, so the uh, he's right. If nothing else. My fantasy benefited greatly uh, from that tumble that was kind of slipped into the set. I think that's actually important to note. They very easily could have ended the set before tumble. Um, they had no reason to kind of extend that because I think it went to like an hour and twenty minutes. That set. So if like we're yeah. talking like typical sets, they could have they could have stopped it right there. So mm-hmm. I was stoked about that one. I mean. It's about as straightforward as a, a tumble can get, um, but always kind of welcome and a great way to end a first set for sure. Yeah, interesting, interesting placement, you know, for for the flea. Um, and yeah, like you said, Ryan, not on the list. Um, so yeah, but, you know, like I said, I mean, similar jam, um, you know, good version, but I think pretty, pretty straightforward. Um but uh, yeah, a little similar to, to the Elizabeth jam. So I feel like I feel like those two jams kind of um, kind of were uh, you know m- maybe a bit too similar. I don't know. Um, and then yeah, the 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 super quick tumble to to end the set. So um, I mean, fun for a set. I, I mean, like like Kev said, I mean, fairly laid back and just kind of kind of flowing right through. You know, it's like a you know it's like a downtown happy hour set. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just having a good but played, time. But, but played with precision, right? A lot of precision. <laughs> a lot of precision. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe not as precise as some things that maybe some of us have heard recently, but <laughs> yeah. but average amount of precision, I guess. I don't know. I mean. <laughs> well, uh, so I'm glad this came up um, <laughs> because I've, I've prepared uh, some things to cite a here. A statement? But no, oh, no, no. Boy. No joke. I think, this is actually, I think, I think super relevant. Um, and I think this actually connects a lot of shows, um, a lot of the recent shows that we've seen, right? So LA, uh, you know, had a lot of abbreviated songs that I think they went like really hard to just try to play them really well. Um, and then, you know, also Red Rocks had a lot of that. Basically every single one of these shows they've played lately. Um, and like, I don't know if you guys remember from this summer, but right before Legend Valley, there was uh, a guy uh, who did an article for clevescene.com. His name is Mike McMahon. And he talked to Rick uh, about Cornell 77. Do you guys recall this at all? Yeah. And it was a really, really cool interview. And Rick kind of goes into 
saying, you know, I never really listened to Cornell 77, so I didn't really know what people were so excited about, about it. And he just kind of assumed that, you know, it was all about these huge, like groundbreaking jams, his words. Um, and then, you know, he said he was really excited to find out that that's not what made it special. Uh, in his words, he said, they're just slamming all of their songs, right? They're just showing up and playing everything great and allowing the jams to kind of like honor the song when the time fits. Um, and I feel like that's been a focus of theirs lately. I feel like, you know, that vibe that kind of he was referring to when he's listening to Cornell 77 is kind of what you're seeing now. So that's, that's why I, I, I talk about the precision uh, a lot, because I think I really do think it's a focus of the band right now. It's, it's a great point. And it definitely, you know, you can hear it uh, in their playing. Uh, Sean Steinberg says very slow first set coming off the last seven shows uh, from his perspective, which I get, you know, I just flipped back, looked uh, at some of the other set lists and uh, you know, I feel like, there are parts of this set that could have been a little bit mellower, but I, I think really it still um, was pretty high energy. I think the, the flea audible definitely helped that, um, you know, instead of putting it burns within there. And I know like, obviously we talked about wanting it burns within to be played more, but I think um, in that slot, I think flea was the better call personally. And when we're talking, yeah. you know, when we're, when we're talking about the show being laid back, it's not necessarily that the guys are dialing it in or, or they're not playing with precision to use the, the, you know, uh, descriptor that we're talking about, uh, but just the tempo. The tempo is a little more laid back, but they they executed like they always execute. It was a great show. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was just going to say too, Neil. Some a, a thought that will pair well with yours is, um, or an idea is that you know, a, Goose has done a fair amount of festival, kind of high profile festival sets this year, and they clearly have. A, you know, a strategic approach to those festival sets. So I kind of feel like some of that strategy has leaked over to some of these other shows. I mean, I feel like Red Rocks and Greek both kind of fit that mold of almost two set festival shows yeah. in, in a way in terms of, in terms of their approach. And, you know, with the, with a lot of the single set, you know, hour and a half, hour 15, you know, maybe you lucky you get the two hour, you know, 420 or Sacred Rose sets, which are nice. But so, you, you know, you don't get a whole lot of improv there. You get a, you, you might get one. Um, and so then with this two set approach with kind of that same mentality, they do, you know, you had the long arrow at Red Rocks. Um, so they take advantage of, of having to do sets. But I feel like there's still some of that mindset of, hey, we got this big sold out crowd We're we're doing the free nug stream. Or we're in LA for at, at a bigger venue that's that has some history. Just kind of feel like they've they've taken that that same idea and you know kind of implemented it at some of their two set shows as well. Just to, I mean, look, it's all about for them. A lot of these shows are just are still about building their fan base and yeah. introducing their music to people that that don't have the nugs. You know what I mean? So um, that they're and and I like those shows. I mean, even without the big jams, I like those shows. I thought Red Rocks was great. The energy, the song selection was fan not a lot of long jams, no, but a fantastic crafted, you know, fantastically crafted show. Yeah, I, I think similar to Goosemas in February. You know, it was that kind of like celebratory show. Um, yeah, without the like that. Yeah, and so I, I'm curious to see how, you know, Goosemas this December with two nights and being in Colorado again, I'm curious to see how that unfolds, whether we get big jams or it's just two party shows. I'm personally okay with either. You know, I'm really excited. 
all five of us from Always Almost There are going to be at Goosemas. Um, yes. Reunion. This is the first time that I'll get to meet any of them in person besides Neil. So that's very exciting. Um, but yes, very, very, very excited. Uh, John uh, says, uh, Dylan Night 2 is one of the best shows of the year. Great balance of crowd-pleasing songs and big jams. True. I agree. I, I would true. say true. <laughs> that, is, that is a jive-approved fact. There you go. Uh, definitely. Um, okay, so uh, second set from last night uh, in Portland uh, opens up with Wisteria. Um, this one goes a very different route than a lot of Wisterias we've seen this year. You know, I, I think it starts to get weird in the first couple of minutes, and then Peter deliberately switches to organ and gives it a lighter tone, which then leads it into a really, really nice major key jam. So, you know, obviously, um, you know, especially with how they've been playing this year. I think a lot of us in the community are chasing those really dark evil jams. Um, but I think last night's Wisteria showed a really nice contrast to that really, really just great uplifting passage. One thing I was maybe hoping for was Peter to stay on the organ for a little bit longer. Cause he was doing a little bit more lead stuff on it instead of just like long sustained chords, um, which he usually plays. Um, you know, we've seen a little bit of that kind of staccato, lead playing at the beginning of some all I need second jams this year. Um, but I, I really like to hear him explore uh, that kind of organ playing a little bit more. You know, I think it would be cool to have more organ centric jams instead of just using it um, as a support, but it was interesting to hear him, you know, deliberately take the reins of the jam and push it uh, into a major key direction when he did. Yeah. A lot of, uh, I, I think I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I mean, I'm not a pianist, but uh, I believe what you're saying about the keyboards and the organs. Um, but here's the thing. Here, here's one one part that I, that I just might have a, a, a subtle disagreement. So I listened to this one twice again today mm -hmm. and they did immediately. Like you said, I mean, they, they immediately coming out of the proper song. They do. They did slip into that kind of that wisteria sure. darkness that we've been getting a lot this year. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, the bar is set so high on this song right now. It's kind of ridiculous. And, and I, and this is a strong one. I mean, the, I might, I might only have, you know, San Fran, DC, Dylan, and, uh, what was it? Vermont, Vermont. or our part. Yeah. Vermont. Vermont. Th those might be the only ones I would have ahead of this. I mean, I think this beats Knoxville and, and some, some of the other, uh, recent ones, but, but anyway, um, I thought they did hang around in that darkness for a little bit. I mean, for, you know, for, for a good amount of time, but yeah, then they did, they did kind of reset and then head into that nice blissful kind of jam, which, mm -hmm. you know, was, I think that's where, yeah, like you said, a little bit of a departure maybe from kind of, kind of a lot of the other versions that we've seen. Um, and then the other thing that was really cool is that there was like a little soft outro jam where Rick was kind of mimicking uh, Peter's piano riff. Um, that was cool. It didn't last too long, um, but I thought that was a really nice, just mellow and that they kind of just melted that down into nothing. And then, and then they went into a little bit of a, um, you know, almost like a, a little bit of a slower or more ambient intro into please forgive me. I kind of started, started playing it before and eventually, you know, kind of Ben kicked in and it started off like it, like it normally yeah. does, but uh, but no, I, yeah, I thought that Wisteria was was really strong. I mean, like I said, I mean the bar is so high right now. This is one of my favorites. Yeah, I, I don't have much to add to that. You know, it's Wisteria right now is one of those the, the the three songs I think that if like Goose plays the first few notes, you're kind of jumping and screaming, right? 
So it'd yeah. be like this, like in 2022, all I need Wisteria and Matavon, right? Yeah. Like those, like you're guaranteed to go for like a pretty good ride. And like, I think we've been really spoiled lately. Uh, this is still a great version of like a really good song. Um, but yeah, definitely overshadowed quite a bit by some recent versions. And we really need to talk about how quickly Neil was able to identify Please Forgive Me Last Night. Like that, that was just astounding. <laughs> that was astounding. Uh, I He's love good at what song. he does. I, I listened to it a, a zillion times. I mean, I love that song before Goose ever covered it. Um, you know, oh. the funny thing about Goose is that like so it's kind of like they're kind of like you're counting crows there are no yes, counting crows that's exactly okay? right there are no exactly counting right. crows let's <laughs> let's be reasonable here gentlemen uh, yeah like you know th this song uh specifically is a song that i've always loved loved for years and years and years um and they've done that a lot lately too uh you know with the cover of blood buzz, blood buzz ohio um at red rocks that's another one that i mean i've been listening to that song for over a decade and like absolutely love it um this one's right up there with it i didn't think i called it that fast but i, I guess i did i didn't think so either <laughs> diesel johnny coming hot off of his claim that uh the vegas show was goose's cornell uh 77 which i think is a very big claim but this is a, this is a great point best part of goose is that you attend the show you leave having a great time and feel like it was special or the best yet everyone's a winner at goose shows i agree amen amen true I agree. Um, okay, so after... Uh, what, 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 I'm sorry, one, one second. I just wanted to, to pile on to all of the um, kudos that, uh, you know, and, and adulation that Neil was giving David Gray, and please forgive me. I also love love this cover. It was on Greek set list and got bumped. And sometimes that worries me because I think a lot of times we see stuff get bumped and then it might just go away again. You know what yeah. I mean? I think like this old C recently... I think I don't know when that was, but yeah, this old C got bumped and seven seven two six for a while. Also, was it showed up on a set list? I think uh, second yeah. night of DC in March, and then didn't show up for another, you know, five or six shows. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, like, was, was happy to see it come come right back yeah. after after getting the boot uh, the other yeah. night. So it's so it turns out it wasn't anything personal at the Greek. Um, <laughs> it may have just been you know a, t a time management decision, which. Which they did very well last night. Uh, I think they, they clock managed uh, in an above average fashion for last night's show. I was very pleased about that. Incredibly professional show. Yes. Um, yeah. And so second set um, comes uh, continues on uh, with Seekers parts one and two. Not my favorite placement for this song. I think we've talked about this on uh, pods previously. Um, Seekers is uh, a pairing of songs I think I'd rather see in the first set. Um you know, I think kind of more towards the tail end of the second set, it could work after, you know, a couple of bigger jams, but I feel like it kind of, it takes a little bit of the wind out of the momentum uh, coming in this slot. Um, but, you know, Seekers Part 2 is still incredible. So... Yeah, you, pretty you familiar spot for this song right now, right? It is, uh, yeah. Or this set of songs, right? I, I don't have numbers in front of me, but... I feel like that pairing has come like mid second set a, a bunch of times. Um, yeah. At least recently. No, we did get the first set at, at Red Rocks. Right. Yep. But second um, set at Radio City. Otherwise, yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's been heavy, heavy second set. Yeah. Right in that, that slot. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. Oh, John, John with the great point, uh, you know, either jam out seekers or split them like they did in Worcester last year. That split was really good. Um, you know, I would not be opposed to hearing part two uh, played on its own uh, every once in a while as like a, as a set closer. Um, I, I think it would be great. Um, I think seekers could also be a good encore pairing. Um, I think, you know, get out there with that. Um, so after take, seekers, I'll take it. I, I, I think it would be good. I think it would be good. Uh, after Seekers, we get Empress. Um, I think, you know, we were talking about this last night. This is probably the best Empress in a long time. I think best Empress of 2022 so far. Um, you know, I, I think the song had a really, really adventurous um, 2021, uh, as evidenced by my bracket rankings from last year. Um, but I, I think it's been uh, lacking a little bit uh, so far. 2022 in terms of just um interesting and unique improv um but last night's was really really cool um like kind of a long tension build but in a unique way um i really really like this empress i think yeah I, w so what i found interesting um i you know i think it's tough i think it's i think it's too early to to make such bold claims but i would have this up there amongst you know, San Fran and Pittsburgh prop, you know, I, I think it's easily a top three and then we'll have to do some, you know, we'll, we'll have to do a little time. We'll tell some AB testing, um, ABC. You know, run, run it, you know, just do our due diligence on that, you know, and then see where it slots in. So, um, so it's, it's, it's weeks, not days or certainly not hours. So, um, it'll, it, it we'll get it. We'll get to the bottom of it. Um, no, but the other thing that, that, that's interesting, actually, is that uh, it seems like in the Northwest, so the so, so I guess it was San Francisco, like I mentioned, and there was also, I think, a Seattle Empress, and then this Portland one, mm -hmm. all three got, got kind of an extended Trevor solo. Um, and, and, and they've probably done that at other ones, too, and maybe, they're, maybe that's just naturally being extended. Um, but I, but I specifically recall all three of those Northwest empresses getting, getting the Trevor treatment, which is nice. And then one other thing about Trevor, you know, on the, on the webcast, um, you know, just, I feel like when Trevor's soloing, you just got to leave the camera on him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, they had it on him and they went to Rick for a while and, you know, and that's cool. I feel like he gets a lot of, a lot of screen time. Um, but I'm sitting there thinking Trevor's, Trevor's doing some some magic right now all by himself. He's over there by himself. You know what I mean? He's doing his thing. Just leave the camera on him. Just we, we need to see more Trevor anyway. So that feels like just a golden opportunity. So anyway, and let, let there be, let pass the, that let on to whoever that needs to be passed on to. Let there be an option with live one. Like we should have a dedicated Trevor cam. I would just <laughs> yeah. like to see Trevor's <laughs> cam. <laughs> yeah, dude. That would get a lot of get a lot of views. Okay. Sure. I think so for sure. And then you guys want to add about the Empress? I mean, I, I have nothing to add on the Empress. I, I mean, I, I think it was a very, very good Empress. I, I think it does what a lot of emper other Empresses do. I think there was some energy in this one. I think you're right about like kind of where it kind of drops down to near silence and then kind of like slow build to like a pretty great Empress peak that we're used to. And the path that they took to get there wasn't really traditional. Um, I don't really have like notes on who did what in that, but yeah, this is this is an empress that's worth going back and listening to. It's not, it's not completely standard, and 
you know, I've listened to it twice already. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of stoked to go back and, and check it out some more, even though yeah. I'm, I'm kind of known on this podcast for uh, not loving Empresses. But no, I'm stoked about this one. It's good. And then on, on the written set list they had to close out the second set, very ambitious uh, Dark Horse and Arrow um, after Empress, which I, you know, I think, especially given the early curfew of this venue, I think it was definitely, you know, we talked about this earlier, like a, a tall order uh, for a six song second set. Um, I think they played it well. And uh, I, I think, you know, putting seven to six there uh, instead of um, in the encore slot, I think was a good call um, though. I feel like I would have rather seven to six in the encore slot than the encore that we got. Um, but I'm happy for the guy with the pina colada song sign for getting his request. Good for him. I'm, I'm shaking my head. Um, you don't sound, <laughs> I, I, I don't do want to talk about we were, 726 we, first. We, you don't, you don't sound record, happy, Ryan. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that after. I, we'll I mean, well, if nothing else, and, and you can say what you want to say about Escape. Okay, some people love it. Some people really don't love it. Um, but that escape robbed us of a dark horse and a narrow, and that's a reason to be mad at the guy with the sign. Um, in any case, uh, I digress. Uh, that's 726. I love that close on the second set. I think it fit the vibe of the show really, really well. Um, Cornell <laughs> 77 had a dark horse. Um, yeah, so it, it did fit the vibe of the show. I, I think, uh, if you're ever going to get a slow song to kind of close out the second set, that's kind of a drag, right? except for this song like this, oh, this as a slow song so good the you know the guitar heroics at the end uh are fantastic and you know yeah. seven two six we'll take it anytime i think we were saying this in chat last night where like give that to me anywhere in any set super awesome way to close it out yeah well and we did get um we did get the seven two six and i think also the turbulence were were just two song gaps so um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Two show gaps, um, which again, you know what I mean? It's like always changing it up. You're not going to get something for a while. Then boom, all of a sudden it starts coming back around, mm -hmm. uh, rather quickly. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that's been talked about too. I just think they're trying to, um, can't have everything on a set rotation. I mean, you're going to repeat the shows. So that's some of the, that's some of that kind of mixing up that they do. So, so yeah, sometimes you're, you benefit from that if you're if you're doing a little run and you might get a couple seven two sixes. You know, you can't complain about that. Yeah, you know, it was a point that I was going to make at some point uh, today. Uh, this show in particular included like a whole bunch of short rest songs, which you were just talking about, uh, like Turbulence and seven two six. But you know, Indian River came back way earlier than it normally does. I think that was a five show gap. Mm -hmm. uh, Elizabeth was seven, maybe show gap, which actually is early for Elizabeth this year. Um, I think I don't I don't have my numbers in front of me. There I was a next time. it's it's uh, Elizabeth with six, which is a pretty normal six. gap for the song, except we had a 17 show gap earlier in the year from Charlotte to Legend Valley. Right. Yeah, because right. they played it because they actually played it like four times in the first, you know, round of shows. Like it was one of the more heavily played songs, actually, at the very yep. beginning of the year. Yeah. And yep. then, yeah. And then they and then they they just they kind of put it on the shelf for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, uh, and then you know, Pina Colada Encore. Uh, we were talking about the song, uh, the sign from the beginning of the show. As soon as the webcast turned on and we saw it, um, you know, uh, you know, a couple people in the chat talking about how uh, you know everyone's going to bring a sign to the show now. Um, you know, 
I would endorse a Turkish Hills sign. Um, I think that's the only thing that's necessary. Um, just get that, uh, you know, right in Peter's face. If the man doesn't, no if the man doesn't want to play it, you know, then then, then the man's not gonna, he's not gonna play it. No sign is gonna, is gonna no change signs. that. Did you, yes, did you see the? Yeah. Uh, so, so are are you all familiar with the that Binghamton '95 show where uh, Fish comes out to encore, bold as love, and be- before the encore, Trey's like, "Hey, this one goes out to the guy with the sign over somewhere over here, whatever." And so apparently some kid, I don't know what the, what the sign this kid had, but kid starts going nuts. And then Trey's like, oh, no, 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 not you, man. <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, you got to bring a sign, but you got to bring a sign for a song we want to play. <laughs> That's funny. Shout out to Noah Ray saying how Pina Colada was the best part of Montana last year because he got to go to the bathroom and see Neil. I, I was most certainly there, um, which is not really a bathroom at Pine Creek. It's just like a piece of corrugated aluminum uh, that you just pee against, but still, uh, <laughs> I guess it's a bathroom. Uh, great venue. The point, the point uh, I did take a break during during Escape. I did. Yeah. Um, so that's last night's show uh, in Portland. Um, you know, I, I think the next two nights, there's a lot of interesting things that could happen. I think, you know, tonight being not a jam band festival and tomorrow night being a very jam band festival, um, I'm also curious. You know, I, I'm assuming they're flying from Washington to Chicago tomorrow and then backlining gear. Um, or maybe they sent their gear ahead for the more jam bandy festival and they're backlining tonight. Um, who knows? What, what do you guys see all think? kinds of cool stuff, you know? You get Are we going to see festivals? two hot teas? That is the question. No. Yes. <laughs> I say yes. Uh... It, it could happen. You're definitely getting at least one. I think the, the the question out of this set of shows is like, what kind of cool shit is Peter going to get and then walk away having to have? Yeah. Uh, because that's happened a bunch of times at festivals <laughs> up until now. So, you know, if they're backlining, maybe Peter gets a new toy and that's always exciting, right? It is, it is. And, you know, we will be back uh, tomorrow at 3 p.m. Uh, even if we just have set list uh, to speculate on, uh, we will be here and also uh, Sunday at 3 p.m. Um talk about both of these shows um another father john misty sit in tonight or vice versa um that is true because father john misty is at uh thing festival right uh, before okay. goose and he plays, right and if he, and he plays a and if he wants to take acid he can okay he's an adult <laughs> yeah. so yeah i was gonna call out ryan's comment on that too um yeah i mean i don't know i think i think i think it could happen i mean i feel like they had a great time i mean you know what? What didn't Father John Misty play like the next day after Radio City? Like told a little story about how he yeah, like acoustic know. solo set. He made like, a couple yeah, jokes. It... He made a couple jokes that I wasn't sure. I thought I thought they might have been a little mean spirited about the, the the jam scene or whatever. But it sounds like he had a great time. So I think it might have been just you know kind of. I think his sense of humor sometimes can be a little yeah, hard, yeah. hard to read. But but yeah, I think I think and look, I mean, Goose has two FJM covers. Uh, in their backlog so what's the second um well novel and you can do it without me well you can uh, do it without me. yeah when did they last play that that's a well they've only played it once i think it was it was at one of those uh either yarmouth or south farms from 2000 yarmouth yeah it was yarmouth one of my first shows ah uh, yeah 
So, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I could, I might, I mean, look, I don't want to, we can't talk too much about fantasy right now because things are tight at the top. Um, and we, we have not all submitted our picks today yet. So, I have oh, not done yeah. my picks yet today. Yeah. Yeah. Picks up. We've, got, we've got last night's Golden Goose, uh, Ryan Molnar here today. Uh, yeah. Congrats. So, but I, I'm definitely going, I mean, I'm definitely going Father John Messi as my eight pointer. I mean, I will tell you guys that. So, oh, yeah. I'm uh, sure. What do you, you have? might want to come seven. in, come in with some defense on that move. B, what do you have as your seven? <laughs> I am. I'm playing very. I have both Father John Missy songs at eight and seven, just because I feel yeah. like they're going to be Neil, one. Gonna I don't have... know which one, so I'm going to make sure I hit it. <laughs> Neil's going to have hot tea for eight points the next two nights. Just out of hot curiosity, what do you have next two nights? Uh, butter rum, seven. Yes. Sorry, Kev. <laughs> what do I have? As I was my just six? Gonna... Yeah, I was uh, just going to take these lists. I mean, I'm going FTP. <laughs> yeah, FTP. I mean, you're guaranteed points with FTP. Six to one, FTP. Corey taught me that was the move. <laughs> okay. It's it's a tight race uh, for Fantasy Goose. Uh, nothing at stake, yet everything at stake. Oh. Uh, everything. That's everything stake. at stake. It's very important. Everyone should play Fantasy Goose, by Yes. The way. Uh, if you um, don't, go to FantasyGoose.com um, and play every show. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we get really into it and really competitive. Um, and now's a good time to, to get involved because we're going to be start kicking off a new season. Yes. With, with fall tour. So yeah. get involved. Have a few practice. These are practice shows for you. If you, if you don't play practice up, practice get up this weekend. Start a spreadsheet. We've yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, you're going to, yep. you're going to want to want to get Excel, uh, you know, and, and fire something up there. I might yep. just do like a separate like Patreon account. Um, or you just, just need fancy. access. That's to why somebody. I want to win Coaching. so bad, so that I so that I have the credentials Coaching. to be able to pull something like that together. Yeah, okay. I don't. I'm not trying to uh, give Neil any money making ideas, but <laughs> I have a, a history of success. I don't know. Um, well, if nothing else, everybody should play. You'll at least beat Ryan because um, that's hey. easy. So <laughs> I, you know what? I'm 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 making a comeback here after playing remotely for I half hope the so. summer. I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking I'm forward. Currently, to it. I'm currently ranked sixth. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so thank you everybody for tuning in today, uh, for our inaugural, always almost there live episode. We will be back tomorrow at three o'clock PM Eastern. Uh, if you are going to any shows, uh, this fall, start thinking about if you would like to come on always almost there live, uh, we will be putting a call out, uh, to have some guests on, uh, which we're very exciting about, uh, in the next couple of weeks. So without further ado, uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks so much for tuning in. Love you guys. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi. This is Henry Kay, host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music. 
and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born, to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music. Because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song.